2: Okay, put this off. Why are there wings on your vagina? Because they fly. No, but no, no, they (sighs) don't fly. I turned a medley for the first time in a long time.
0: Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, posted up in Caroline Calloway's grandma's house. How are we doing, you guys? I feel like this has been, you know, I feel like we've had like a couple of weeks of getting into the groove, but this one felt a little bit different, a little bit more shady, a little bit more difficult. I'm not really sure why, but here we are. We've made it another day my arms are killing me. You guys, I did, um, another one of Avery and Ramona singers workouts yesterday. Um, it was, it was tough. We did arms and abs and it was difficult. And I I yelled a lot of ex- expletives and, um, you know, but, but we're here. I tried to do, she did a, a super hard one this morning sunday we're talking i couldn't even do it i i got two minutes in laughed and i was like you know what i'm gonna get to my hip-hop aerobics um so let's get into a another segment everyone's Mrs. but rona um just things that i'm loving things that are shady i feel like the the celebrities have really come out in droves this week being horrible so Let's talk about it, but but let's let's start with the good news first. Um, I am loving. Um, if you guys know Chelsea Peretti, she's a comedian. She was on Brooklyn Nine Nine. She came out with a an EP, an album called Foam Flotsam that I'm actually loving. It's it's all about coffee. It's um it's actually super good. There's a song with the rapper Chica that I think is my my favorite so far. Um I'm really liking it. Like I was really thinking this was gonna be like, you know, I don't know, like a a joke album. But it I mean and and it is in certain ways. But she really got some <clears throat> excuse me, good people, Reggie Watts. Um yeah, it's like super well produced and Oh, goodness, I'm loving it. Uh so let's get into the mess. Ooh, Kelly Dodd. Kelly Dodd of Real Housewives of Orange County really stepped in it. I mean, if you guys watch the show, we know that Kelly is um, you know, not known for being uh, she's not known for her grace tact um she's she says a lot of things that she shouldn't she should be horrified about saying and then she apologizes for them later Uh, but uh, okay so basically to fill you guys in she's been in new york with her fox news fiance and has been you know like talking about how basically just downplaying the coronavirus situation so she got caught um traveling to back to California and she got a a COVID-19 test. Apparently she's had several, um, which, you know, number one, that speaks to a lot of access and privilege on her part. Um, But basically, so she traveled to back to California and, you know, people had concerns about that. And so according to page six, she applied you know, if it's dangerous, why are the airlines still flying? You think I want to fly? I had to get back. How is that elitist? How do you know how many people died from H1N1, the swine flu, or SARS? And said it's 25%. Give your, get your facts straight. You're only hearing numbers, not the reality. It's God's way of thinning the herd. So basically saying that these viruses are like, uh, what do you call it? Like evolution um, you know, we're seeing this happening. So, uh, Vanessa Hudgens got in trouble with this pretty much like when the beginning of it uh, coronavirus hitting America by saying, like, you know, like we're all going to die. People are going to die. Like everybody dies. Um, so, you know, like <laughs> I understand the virus. I respect it. That is such a funny line saying that she respects coronavirus. um But yeah, she, she really got into a lot of hot water. Um, But, yeah, she then kind of apologized for it, but then sort of she said, well, she said, like, oh, I was proposing it as a question, like, is it God's way of thinning the herd? Like, it's a very strange thing. First of all, if it's God's way of thinning the herd, then, like, don't take a test. How about that? Give those tests up to people who actually want to survive this and, and are showing symptoms and not just like, you know, something that you're doing, like truly she's taken multiple of these, uh, tests. I mean, it's truly like, Oh, it's, it's truly disgusting. Um, but yeah, she really hasn't apologized for it. She really more was just like, yeah, I mean, she, she's just very ignorant. I mean, what, what can you say? I, I mean, Maybe this will be Andy Cohen's way of thinning the herd. How about that? <laughs> maybe, maybe we should deal with that. Um, yeah, she said she felt bad and she said that her comments were ridiculous and stupid. And she, you know, gave a public, public apology as she's wont to do on Instagram stories. Um, she said that when I wrote that this is God's way of thinning the herd, this is not what I meant. Um, She said, I'm not insensitive. I feel bad for all the families that lost loved ones. I do think that we should all stay home and protect everybody. That's not what I meant, and I want to apologize for anyone who got offended, okay? I'm sorry. And then she said, I hope you can all forgive me for saying something so ridiculous and stupid. So, again, please accept my apology. Um, Yeah, it's just, (sighs) I mean, truly, (sighs) I mean, Kelly's certainly... Kelly Dodd is Kelly Dodd, and she's been Kelly Dodd, she was Kelly Dodd before she even came on the show, before, or right after it was announced that she was going to be joining the Real Housewives of Orange County, she got caught um, uh, by paparazzi, by TMZ, and she was saying, like, oh, I would never date a black guy, like, I mean, she, and we see her, she called, you know, people cunts, I think she called Heather DeRoe cunts, you know, she, said that, uh, Shannon Medores, like, I can understand why your husband cheated on you. Just a lot of really disgusting things. So, does it surprise me? No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> Let's get something that I just feel is, like, so silly and ridiculous, and I'm gonna get both sides of this couple. So, Alicia Keys, <laughs> who I truly, like... I find her to be so annoying and so like what I call people who are like hand on my heart people like a Lynn manuel Miranda who just go like really overboard with the sentimentality this you know like but also are like you know you know like when people all those celebrities did the Imagine video for um you know uh awareness or to inspire hope like all these wealthy people talking about like imagine that we all are one as i'm saying this from my mansion (laughs) like when there are people who are like in serious serious need of help um it's just uh, you guys (laughs) so alicia keys wrote a song that she is hoping to serve as an anthem for essential workers Um, the lyrics are you're doing a good job don't get too down the world needs you now know that you matter 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 um the song she wrote actually months ago it's called good job um as a tribute to the unsung heroes in her own life um but she says when the pandemic hit she realized that the lyrics applied to all the unsung heroes whose work is critical through getting us through the crisis like Okay, <laughs> are you going to be donating the proceeds from the money that you get from the song to people, or do you just want to sing a song and profit off of it like what <laughs> so her husband Swizzbeats, actually recently got into a bit of hot water um I don't know if everybody knows, but producers pretty much every week have been doing these Instagram kind of battles it's called verses hashtag verses um. And I believe it was started by Swizz Beatz and Timbaland. They were the first ones to go. Um, so they there's been talk about doing a uh, a series with uh, I believe it was Kanye and somebody else. And Swizz was saying that he wanted to do a you know they they wanted to do this battle. So he said. That basically, he wants to do it for profit, basically. So people were like, why on earth would we pay to see people doing going on Instagram and playing their own songs? Like, we can do this on our own. And hey, guys, like, we're in a situation where we're all stuck at home. And, you know, like, this is stupid. Like, we're not going to pay for this. So Swizz hopped on Twitter and said basically like you know i was talking about like you know raising money for funds like not making people not charging people like it's not going to go in my own pocket like it's going to be charging funds sir let me look up swissbeads uh net worth um his net worth is According to Celebrity Net Worth, which has a very inflated uh, situation, but as of 2020, they're claiming that his net worth is $150 million. So why would you ask people, many of which who don't have jobs, a lot of people haven't even gotten their stimulus checks yet, or are heavily relying on their stimulus checks to eat, to pay their bills, (laughs) to pay the rent that they're not getting relief on, why would you expect them to raise money? Like, they're the people that need it the most. <laughs> so why are they going out of pocket? Like, and many people are, you know, and thank God for all the people that have who can't really afford it, but are putting efforts towards people who need it even more than them. Um, Sir, open your purse, Okay. Open your own purse (laughs) if you want people to get help so badly. I am so sick of these rich people, like, telling people, telling regular people that they need to raise money. You raise money. You raise your own money. (sighs) Speaking of money, uh, Kanye West. I, you know, the article that came out on GQ, I was not going to talk about it. We all know that he was going to vote for Trump for his blah 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 reasons i don't care to talk about it because i feel like kanye much like the president in the office that he loves so much like lives for the applause he loves the attention and so like i'm just not going to give him that when it comes to his political decisions but forbes read the fuck out of him and i was loving it they were like no holds barred so As we know, he's been trying to get on this billionaire list for some years now, I think mostly because, uh, Kylie got on it two years ago and he's been very upset about it since then. So Forbes did a slight thread. They, they wrote an article. He officially was able to give his status, his, uh, you know, like whatever paperwork he had to give them to, uh, you know, confirm that he is going to that he actually is a billionaire. Um but they Forbes seems very upset with the way that he went about it and let's just give you a little bit of what happened here. So, Um, Forbes starts by saying, when we featured West on the cover of Forbes last summer, delving into his incredible success with Yeezy, he seemed pleased at first. His world famous wife, Kim Kardashian West, even tweeted her congratulations, um, to the positive affirmations of 32,000 of her closest Twitter friends, meaning they got 32,000 likes, um, but without sufficient documentation on his unusual stake, Versus just his word and in industry guesstimates, we didn't call him a billionaire. And that graded on him. Um, as the year went on, he protested publicly. He was quoted as saying, I showed them an $890 million receipt and they didn't say billionaire. He told an industry panel um, something that no one at Forbes remembers. <laughs> in private, he was more providing. Um, he texted them, a, you know, this was a disrespectful article that was perfect, per, purposely snubbing me something i wanted to say when our annual billionaires list appeared earlier this month again with west absent still no documentation and now a pandemic to boot west again reacted with hurt and venom you know what you're doing he texted you're toying with me and i'm not finna to lie down and take any more in jesus name <laughs> at one point he texted that forbes was part of a group of media that was trying to suppress his self-made narrative because of his ra- his race that sister-in-law Kylie. Jenner did make the list, um, also clearly stuck in his crop. Then yesterday, a breakthrough. Wes directed his team to provide what we feel is an authentic numeric look into Kanye Incorporated. The first Three things became clear from this exercise. First, it reinforces why we put him on the cover in the first place. West, in just a few years, has created a brand that's challenging Nike's Air Jordan for sneaker world supremacy. It's one of the great retail stories of the century. Second, it reinforces that West, who claims both in words and in this paperwork, that he's worth more than $3 billion and is an overly boastful as his political idol, President Donald Trump. Not a numbers guy. We agree. Finally, and perhaps most critically to West, it does confirm based on our estimates that his stake in Yeezy indeed makes him a billionaire, a bit over $1 billion actually. Um, so basically, you know, Kanye West owns a hundred percent of Yeezy, uh, which is great. Um, that's actually incredible. Um, so, Then he also gets about 15% royalty of the Yeezy revenue from Adidas. So he has Yeezy, but then he also has a a deal with Adidas. Um, So upon closer inspection, it appears that some expenses are carved out of that slice, bringing his actual cut closer to 11%. At that rate, he would have received royalties of over $140 from Yeezy sales just last year. Um, So then, you know, like he is still confident in saying that he is worth about three billion dollars which they have not been able to confirm they actually think this is complete bs um so basically they think that it's not really liquid assets that he has um but it's about a hundred excuse me 1.4 billion dollars um our rule of thumb for private assets like this is to lop off at least 10 percent. so that's 1.26 billion um so you know, congratulations to him. It's, uh, you know, hard to... I I don't know. You know, like, in these times, I think we really... It speaks to how disconnected from reality he is that this would be so important to him, that he have billionaire status when, you know, like, truly, Kanye, there are people that are dying. And... That he is so adamant about that, like, okay, it is great that you as a black man in America are truly more self-made than your sister-in-law. Nobody can take that away from you. And the fact that he has become such a titan in the clothing and footwear industry and has really changed the world of fashion, it's incredible. No, I mean, truly nobody, I, I will give him all the credit and respect in the world for that. But to be so adamant for years that people just know that you're a billionaire, like, what does that really do for you? What does it do for you? What does it do for your fans? You know, you deserve the credit. You're now worth, according to Forbes, over $1.1 billion. Okay. (laughs) That, That doesn't do anything for me. It just really speaks to, like, the... Wild, wild ego that this man has. And I just think in these times, like, it's truly not important. Like, I don't care. And I, like I said, it really speaks to, like, an ignorance of what is going on in this time and where his priorities are at. There's also been uh, an article that came out in People that I have a lot of questions about. I've been on Kanye Watch Uh, during this pandemic uh, here and there but in terms of um, Kim you know she's always on Instagram she's always posting stories we really I have not and I've been asking people and they have not really seen it either not really seen much of Kanye in her Instagram stories which would not be that weird if we weren't under quarantine. <laughs> um, what is weird, however, is the fact that he is, keeps going back and forth to the easy offices, going to record music. Um, the set in the third, who knows is, you know, who's in and out of those offices with him. Who knows how careful they're being. This man has four young children that he could potentially be exposing. Is he, um, or are Kanye and Kim living separately now? People just released a, an article uh, about how he took the kids, some of the kids, to Wyoming to, according to a source, to give Card- Kim a break. So basically what the article says is that Kim and Kanye have been alternating family responsibilities for psalm and saint uh as well as chicago and north um it's a huge chaos with all the kids at home kanye escapes to his office for a work break he also let kim have a break last week when he took some of the kids to wyoming they've been taking turns caring for the kids um so kim has been in calabasas at their regular home that we all know and hate and kanye west recently bought two properties in Wyoming. So yeah, he took them. I, it looks like he maybe took North and, uh, Saint to Wyoming with him. <sighs> I hate this. <laughs> like, first of all, there's no reason everybody's under stress. You guys, these people are probably in the least stressful Position because, oh, you know, daddy's a billionaire, so like, you guys have multiple homes in the LA area. Why did these children need to travel on a plane to Wyoming? Like, don't we know how this thing works? If I was Kim, I would be like, a hell no to that because you've been traveling, you've been going back and forth to the office, who, and like I said. Who knows how, ever, how much everybody else is taking care of themselves? Aren't we all under the assumption that, like, everybody could possibly have it and that we need to be super careful? So you're taking your children, your young children, on a plane with, I mean, obviously they're, not, they're flying private, but, like, still, what are, what are the pilots doing? What are the, uh, you know, like, the flight attendants doing? how clean can we really guarantee these planes are it's not like he has his own plane in it's just very like why did you have to take them to wyoming take them to beverly hills where you have your other house if you guys need a break from each other and you guys also have help we've seen it i know you guys are trying to act like the help isn't there you know, we all see a little foot shuffling around in the background of your IG stories. so don't even tell me that they're you know, that Kim is truly, you know, taking care of these kids on her own. So what what are you where are we doing here? Like, you guys can't be that bored. <laughs> if I can sit in my room and and do what I gotta do all day, like there's no reason for them to be so bored. Like, you, you, It's embarrassing, and they should be truly ashamed of themselves. But before I get too upset, uh, let's just end this. <laughs> this was not everyone's business but Rona. It was pretty much basically Rona uh, content. Uh, but let's get into Married at First Sight. Y'all, I have not seen a reunion that messy in so long, especially. Especially, I mean, this was like a landmark uh reunion for the franchise, I think it was incredible. it was worth all of the season, all of the back and forth, all of the you know will they won't they it it was incredible. I really, really loved it. so basically they this is like five months after decision day, according to them and they, you know, all the couples come back and they tell us what we're up to, what they're what they've been up to. So, the couples start with Katie and Derek. Uh, they are half of the couples that decided to stay together as well as uh, Jessica and Austin. The three other couples we know chose to break up. So, here's what happened. So, we saw at the end of the show that Katie and Derek decided to get uh, a place together. They, they moved into their apartment. So two weeks after they decided to stay together, Katie asked Derek if they could focus on their relationship instead of, excuse me, the friendship instead of their romantic uh, situation, which Derek said he agreed to. Then a few days later, Katie says, I want to move out of the bedroom. Let's split bedrooms. Okay, fine. Then after that, Katie revealed that she slept with the ex, the ex that she had been talking about this whole, uh, the whole season, the beginning of the season where he told her that he loved her after not saying it. And, you know, she was like really conflicted as to whether or not she should be with him or to continue to get married. She claims that it was a purely physical thing it was a one-time physical thing and that it she never saw him after that. It wasn't about the emotions. She just, like, was horny, basically. <laughs> um, Derek. <laughs> Derek has had enough. This poor boy. I truly love him. I think he's a treat. He had had enough and was like, Katie made it really easy to not fall in love with her. <laughs> and then he also said that a lot of people had told him that uh that she katie had slept with the ex not just the time that she told him after they after she had moved out of the bedroom but also right after the um honeymoon that they went on she says that that didn't happen but Who's to say? I also saw a rumor on Twitter that she slept with somebody on production and a lot of people knew. Um, Derek had claimed that several people had told her, him, that people on the cast and people just like friends that they had that Katie had slept with, uh, you know, that, that ex guy, um, but he wouldn't out anybody. He didn't snitch on anybody in terms of the cast members and who told him. Um, So then Brandon and Taylor were next and we find out that both of them had gotten arrested at a bar after an altercation. So Brandon obviously did not show up. He's not a fan of filming. So Taylor was the only one to tell the story. She claims that, so we all know that Brandon works for like a liquor company. He's like an ambassador or whatever. So he works for several restaurants and uh, bars in the DC area. According to Taylor, she was under the impression that Brandon had not worked for this bar that she went to for quite some time. They have a rooftop. She had a friend in town, a guy that she was like maybe talking to or seeing or something. They were in the area and they decided to go to this bar, the rooftop. So then she gets into the, all this detail about like, Oh, I went to get water because they give free water. And so I, I went to get it. And when I turned around, Brandon was talking to the dude that I was with. And so I just took this guy and she said she, she that when they got there, she had no idea that Brandon was there. She only saw him when she turned around from getting her free water. So, basically she says like she tried to get out of there with her date like as soon as possible they were going down the stairs Brandon was chasing them he had his like he was recording her on her phone and taking pictures of her taking video of her like saying really mean things to her and Brandon alleges that he that she pushed him And so she also alleged that he put hands on her. And so there was no proof one way or the other. So they ended up both getting arrested. Um, And they filed protective orders against each other. So, you know, it's like a full restraining order. Um, So she said um, he got a restraining on me three days after I got a restraining order on him. Um, I don't plan on being near him Now a lot of people Seems, myself included Had some questions as to the validity Of Taylor's statements Like you know how you know people say When you lie you give a lot of details And they had to go to court for this Um, Other people in the cast Had to go, I think all of the girls Maybe not Jessica, but Mindy And Katie and Mika Had to go and give statements about the whole situation And It I mean, they weren't there, but I think they had to like provide uh, statements on like the state of their relationship and what they saw, uh, you know, as far as on the show. So um, I just didn't find her story to be all that true. It just seemed very fishy to me. Like if you're in a situation that is very volatile And you had to go to court for it and give a statement on it. I just feel like the story and the way she told the story was like, she was trying to make it seem like she was like a completely innocent party. And just based on what we've seen on the show, that's not really the case. Something about these people, it's like they, neither of them want to be the bigger person. And I'm Certainly, like, don't get it twisted. I'm not excusing what Brandon did. I just don't know that I... F- I would have liked to hear both sides of the story. <laughs> but even then, I don't think I would have believed either one of them. We'll put it that way. Um. So Michael also had to attend the court date uh, and give a statement. And so the host, Kevin, Kevin Frazier who was a great host, I will say, he needs to be hosting the 90 Day Fiance uh, uh, reunions as well, because Sean Robinson, like, she, it doesn't really seem like she watches the show, like, she watches maybe, like, the highlights of the things that she knows that she's going to talk about, but it doesn't seem like she's invested in the show. Like, Kevin seemed to, like, understand where people were at. He seemed to understand Brandon. He seemed to have like an understanding of like the storylines and the arc of the show and the way that Sean doesn't really give me. And he was like really challenging the cast members on their um, behavior on things that they did. Let me get back to Derek and Katie real quick because he asked Katie a great question He first went to Derek and said, like, you know, like, Katie's complaint about you is that you haven't been that, um, uh, I don't know, what's the word, like, that, you, you ha- that she's really had to carry the relationship that you haven't really initiated much. So, like, can you tell me, like, what it is that you've done for her? And he, I thought, provided great examples. He, you know, he, he we see him do very thoughtful things. We saw, you know, he said he bought her some, like, sheets that she really loved that were her favorite. He said, you know, I did this, that, and the third for her. And then when he goes to Katie, she said, you know, like, what do you feel your contribution was to the relationship her answer was basically like fighting and fucking. <laughs> like, it was like, you know, I initiated everything sexually and I initiated like the difficult conversations. And he's like, okay, but what did you do for Derek? Like, it, it there, she didn't seem to have an answer for like how she contributed in positive ways to the relationship. And I thought that was very telling. And this is a question that I've been wanting to know the whole season. Like, what is she contributing to the relationship in a positive way? Are you making a soft place for him to land? Are you making him feel comfortable or are you just challenging him and then trying to have sex with him and then challenging him and then trying to have sex with him? And I had a conversation with a listener, Holly, um, about this like classic Miranda, Hobbs from Sex in the City quote like nobody wants to fuck mean mommy it makes all the sense in the world to me why Derek might not want to initiate having sex with you if all he's having to do in the relationship is constantly prove himself prove his worth prove that he is going to do this for you jump over this hoop and that is all we saw him doing And I don't recall a time really ever where Katie did something thoughtful for him or tried to be his friend in a real way or anything. Like, everything was just, like, a test, and that has to be exhausting. And I could see, like, you not necessarily wanting to have sex with somebody who just wants to fight with you all the time. Like, I'm very confused, and I wish that he had, Kevin had maybe challenged her more, but I think he made his point of, like, she didn't have an answer for that and i thought that was very good on him for asking um so getting back to the court date between Brandon and Taylor um the girls that were there basically said like you know they feel like Taylor was in the right to get the you know the court ordered the restraining order against him and They ask Michael, like, how did you feel like you are friends with Brandon, but, you know, like, how do you feel the situation went? And for the first time I agreed with Michael, he said, you know, I think there's blame on both sides. And then he said, like, you know, according to what I heard in court, it doesn't seem like Brandon was the one who initiated the altercation that was had. Now, Michael gets upset, and he walks off, and I agreed and disagreed with him on the reason why. First of all, he is not Brandon's keeper, and he should not be, like, if you want to ask how you, how Michael felt about the situation then that is a fair question. But to ask him how Brandon felt and where Brandon was coming from, I don't think is a fair thing to ask of anybody. Um, I don't think it's fair for him to like be on national TV and having to like make an official statement on behalf of somebody else. Unless that's something that he wanted to do. Unless that's something that he and Brandon had spoken about. Like, I just don't really think that was fair for him to him so he walked off and he said you know like I kind of approached the situation like Brandon you know with Brandon in terms of how I treat my children like my students that have anxieties like we saw that Brandon had anxiety on the show I don't know he he lashed out I don't know much about how anxiety manifests itself with people so I, I can't really speak to that but what we did see was Brandon consistently be a complete jerk to production, to Taylor, to the other cast members. And he, you know, he just got real cagey, which I I don't think is a healthy way to handle your issues with anxiety. Um, So Michael's issue seemed to be, I can come from a place of understanding where Brandon is in terms of his anxieties, which fair, but then he went into a race thing. Like, I don't want to put a black man down and this, that, and the third, which I didn't fully agree with. Like I understand, but like at the end of the day, like Brandon's behavior was not the behavior of like, you know, people who are racist, how they feel about how black men are. I mean, he was aggressive. I don't really, it's, it's like a hard, maybe I should have given more thought. I, I don't think that they were trying to put Brandon down because he's a black man. I think that they were trying to understand where he was coming from because he's an asshole. He's a dick. <laughs> um, Then we find out that the girls got all matching tattoos. They were partying one night and the the girls have like a really great relationship with one another. And so they got matching tattoos that said 10 um, on their fingers. So yeah, it seems like a lot of the girls who, you know, the relationships didn't work out. They're like, you know, we kind of approached the situation. Like we're so grateful to have met these girls. And like, maybe this was a situation that, you know, like, maybe the situation brought us all together, and, like, we're going to take the positive from that because we're all really good friends. Um. So in terms of Zach and Mindy, it was really kind of more of the same. Uh, You know, I, I don't think we... I, I mean, I think it was very obvious that in terms of, like, the Lindsay of it all, that, like, Lindsay and or Zach thought that there was I think there was mild flirtation or just outright flirtation between the two of them and I also think that Lindsay did things because she was led to believe that Zach was interested in her that maybe this would go somewhere between them there was obviously, like, Zach keeps maintaining, like, oh, we were friends, like, blah, blah, blah. It was nothing. Like, I just, you know, spoke to her about stuff with Mindy. But it seems very, very obvious when Lindsay said, oh, we agreed not to speak until after filming that, like, that wasn't the case. Like, it's very clear that Zach led Lindsay to believe that there was going to be something there. Not that that's okay. Because at the end of the day, this is somebody that was married to your friend if he didn't believe in that marriage fine but you knew that she very much did and that makes it wrong um so then we get Queen Shani who's Mindy one of Mindy's good friends she came on so be- she basically confirmed like I have proof that Lindsay believed that Zach was going to visit her and that he was into her and that she believed that she was a better match for him than Cindy Sin- <laughs> Mindy, Mindy was, um, Mindy says like, she's still really upset about the situation, but she is kind of thinking about reigniting her friendship with Lindsay because they have a lot of mutual friends and she doesn't want to make it awkward for them. Mindy's a true saint, like God bless her for doing that. Like, Shani was like, that girl's a bitch and she's not my friend and she's never going to be my friend. (laughs) And I love that Shani is an icon. Um, then we find out that Zach and Katie went on a date with each other, and this is where I'm like, Mindy, you're another example of you being an absolute saint. Because if I found out that somebody on the cast and you guys are such good friends, don't tell me for one second that. Katie wasn't privy to how horrible Zach had been treating you because we saw her talk about it on the show. So Zach was like, oh, I don't know who asked who, but like we ended up just getting drinks together. And Katie was like, you asked me, we were texting and you asked me and that they were just going to like talk about what happened. This conversation happened prior to the show even airing so that so they got together for drinks to like discuss you know like their experience with the show and so katie said she was like you know i you know it wasn't really a match for me and then kind of once i saw once the show aired and i saw how zach had been treating mindy it really was like a eternal for me and like i just wasn't inter- i wouldn't be interested in dating a guy like that but like I wouldn't be interested in being a friend of a girl who would do something like that. Like, that's so rude. It's really, really unacceptable. Um, so then they asked Mindy how she felt about it. And she was like, you know, I sent Zach attacks. It was like, really, Katie? Like, fuck you, <laughs> which is fair. But I don't, I. it doesn't seem like Katie, or excuse me, that Mindy really felt like Katie was it fault, which I think she needed to help hold her more for account. But again, maybe she's trying to like make do for the sake of like the group friendship, which she doesn't have to do. I mean, I would, I would have really, really been mad at Katie for something like that because I know Mindy must have confided with her even before airing, like during filming. It, it's just, I just thought that was really weird. Um, so. Basically, I mean that was really it. Jessica and Austin are really still very much happy and together. They're they got an apartment. They're you know going to be looking for a house and get a dog, and they're still on track to like have kids in a couple more years. You know they really want to take this time to get to know each other. <clears throat> um, and in terms of Austin's travel schedule, um, Austin said, "You know I didn't realize." how much I would be gone in terms of like the impact on our relationship but then it also was a good thing because you know like it was like an absence makes the heart grow fonder thing and then Zach also gave her an engagement ring um, because you know the cast only gets these like wedding bands so he gave her an engagement ring and got down on one knee and yeah they just seemed very happy and content with one another so one couple out of five (laughs) (laughs) can't go wrong with that question mark um next season is going to be in new orleans but i'm wondering like if they're even going to have be able to have a complete season or what because of what's going on now like i i wonder if they were even able to finish but i guess we'll see but i mean they they um showed a preview for it. So maybe all systems are go and they were able to wrap up filming before everything got shut down. Okay, you guys. Um that is it for me. I did an interview with the one and only Miles Clee. We recapped the utterly incredible going down in history episode of Real Housewives of New York um, it was such a pleasure to talk with him, so check out that interview, guys, and that's gonna be it for me today, thank you so much for listening, thank me for speaking, I love you guys, bye!
2: and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... You guys, this episode, this week's episode of Real Housewives of New York was an absolute shit show, and who better to join me than the internet shit show, Miles Clay Miles, hi. Hello.
3: Hi. Hi. Yes. Uh, what a mess. I had no idea what I was getting into.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that is wild to me. I'll, I'm going to talk to you about that in a second. Um, I usually do like a couple of quick fire questions before I get into it. Um, so my first question is, you're pretty infamous on Twitter for being, like, horny. Um, because people have been in their homes, I'm seeing an influx of horniness on the internet. Is that, like, a problem for you? Do you feel like the market is flooded? Do you think that there's room for everybody?
3: Um, yeah, in theory, I think there is room for everybody. I worry that people get a little too performative with it. Um, my colleague, Alana Levinson at Mel Magazine, uh, wrote about people stealing horny valor, which I think is a problem. Um, you know, it should it should be genuine. It should come from an organic place, uh, not just because you're going stir crazy. So, you know. And then there, you know, I think there are also a lot of people who are decidedly not horny in quarantine and thought they might be, but it turns out it's just like a libido killer for them.
0: <laughs> well, too bad for them. I'll be praying for them. It's not happening. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I wish
3: it would. I can't understand. <laughs> I can't personally understand what they're going through, but um, <laughs> it sounds hard.
0: Empathy is key in these times, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's important. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, second of all, you were the first straight guy that I've had on my
3: podcast. So
0: do you want to give me any? Wow. About that?
3: Um, thank you for tokenizing me. That's <laughs> Something Anything. I live for. Um, yes. I'm glad. I'm glad I could break the, uh, the glass floor. And, and come in here um yeah you know what I, I i love that i love breaking barriers um and you know it, aff- when affirmative action applies to me it, uh, <laughs> i think everything is going well uh, good I'm, I'm glad for
0: you i'm happy you're a
3: congrats, real true congrats to you on this landmark episode
0: Thank you. I I usually ban U-types, but, you know, I had to make a special exception. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, they're going to cut off your federal funding if you didn't have a white straight <laughs> man on.
0: I mean, it's only, you know, Stephen Miller, only time will tell, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, thirdly, you told me that you've never seen Housewives of New York. Have you not ever seen any Housewives ever?
3: Uh, I think I've seen a few Housewives of New Jersey. I'm fr- I'm from Jersey, uh, so I think I just um, have osmosed some of those. My my sister uh, watches a lot of the Bravo shows, and my brother is in a relationship. That means he watches a lot of the Bravo shows. So I think I've walked. I think I've in on a few episodes, but it's usually yeah, New Jersey. Uh, I'm, pretty su- I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty d- sure I don't know any of these New York women. Uh, I only know this uh, kind of, like, vaguely mobbed up women of the New Jersey show.
0: What a treat for you. What an absolute treat. Uh, Um, So let's get started with the episode. Um, So basically what happens, we walk in, Ramona gets a call from Luann. So what happened the night before is they got drunk, surprise, surprise. And Luann, who is newly sober left because she didn't want to be around them being sloppy jalopies. Um, so they're basically uh, trying to she's, she's sober now, right? Or something. She
3: she's, to
0: get so, she's something like that. She's sober adjacent. <laughs> sober, <laughs> sober curious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Ramona's trying to talk her into coming back to the house. Luban has a house in the Hamptons as well, so she was staying over there. Um, Luanne has a sordid history of being in what she calls terrible rooms and all of these people, man- people's mansions. It's, it's a tale as old as time as far as Luanne. So she was in the lower level, AKA the basement, and she didn't like that. So she left. Um, so she was just going on and on about how it smelled like dog pee and there were spiders everywhere, even though there was like one spider and no dog pee. <laughs> um, <laughs> A real real treat. Luann says that she's really hurt and that she never is taken into consideration. and she she's just like a she's a bitch. She's a complete asshole if we're gonna be honest. <laughs> um I mean, like I mean, you're in Southampton, like how bad could it be? You're in an eight million dollar mansion like
3: i yeah, I, I I totally see that it's ridiculous to complain about that room. But that this was the first thing I didn't get about the show because I think she she lives like ten minutes away, right? Or she has a house like ten minutes away. Yeah. Why? Why would you stay in the basement of someone else's house if you can go home? Uh,
0: I mean, that is that is a fair point. I I will give you that. Um, I guess the show, uh,
3: yeah, maybe maybe it messes up the show. But I'm like, you know, in my in my Hamptons experience, like you don't have just stay at someone else's basement room <laughs> because they bullied you into it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Well, she also got upset because one year she got married and quickly divorced, and she was upset that she wasn't given the best room in the house because she had gotten married. Um, There was another time where she was in the fish room, which is like uh, in the Berkshires. One of the ladies, Dorinda, has a room with like swordfish on the wall, like fake ones. I mean, it's pretty ugly, but I mean, a mansion's a mansion.
3: That's also off-brand for the Berkshires. You, can, you can't go sword fishing there.
0: Oh, okay. Well, thank you for the fun fact. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sorry, I've, I've hung out in all these rich places. It turns out.
0: <laughs> I am. Um, I'm going to appreciate your insight into that later. Um, so Sonia says you don't have to sleep in the shithole today, which Ramona gets mad and she elbows her. Um, Sonia the night before they had gone to a, like a forty million dollar mansion of, like, some Trump donor asshole, and she got wasted, and there's more on that later we can get into, um, so basically the ladies were supposed to go out to one of Ramona's friends' parties, but they decide to stay in, Ramona says she's okay with it, but she's not, because Ramona is incredibly horny, and will flirt with any man, and take any opportunity to go on a date with a guy, um... So she, you know, she's, like, trying to be nice, but not really. (laughs) Uh, And then Dorinda tells Sonia that she was a mess the night before. And she brings up Elise. Elise is, like, not a cast member. They bring in women to, like, audition them, sort of, and, like, go to these things. But, like, Elise is not, like, a real person on the show. Um, So... I thought you were
3: just going to say a a real person in general.
0: She's not either. <laughs> Years ago she she got in trouble for firing her I think housekeeper and there was like a big um like contingent of housekeepers that like protested outside of her apartment. She she's like a total dick. Like she's one of those like money I married like some wealthy old dude. She's a nightmare. God. Um So, Sonia got trashed the night before, like I told you, and the reason why she got upset was because Elise called her basically a trophy wife, and Sonia's retort to that was, I'm not a trophy wife, because I don't shave my pussy, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah,
3: I learned, I learned something there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Tinsley is also upset. Tinsley married a rich guy, a Mortimer, topper Mortimer, but they were like high school sweethearts, so she contends that she is not a trophy wife because they were the same age whereas Sonia met this guy. he's like ninety now, the j p. Morgan's grandson um so she is definitely like a trophy wife, but so is Tinsley. Let's be real um they Sonia says that she couldn't have been that kind of wife more things because she was doing gardening around the household and she knows where the shoe repair shop is in her neighborhood which Tinsley doesn't apparently that's another indication of whether or not you're a trophy wife I have no idea. I mean getting
3: getting your shoes repaired that's very humble you know like if you were a trophy wife you'd just buy new ones
0: that that is a fair point. Um, They keep going back and forth about how they had businesses Tinsley's business as far as I can tell is she had a purse line, and she had a lipstick name after her, so.
3: Does anyone have a candle business?
0: <laughs> um, not. Did Sonya have candles at some point? I don't, maybe she did. Sonya calls herself an international lifestyle brand. She apparently has a soccer team in Africa. She talked a lot about um, a toaster oven that she created that never came to fruition. Oh, oh yeah. Hell yeah. 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 <laughs> Um she does have a fashion line but it's really like when you buy things on Amazon and then mark it up 500%. It, it's not really a thing. That
3: that is business. That's the essence of business.
0: Fair. <laughs> Fair enough. Um so Leah, who you found out about prior to the show, said that if you have to explain that you're not a trophy wife you probably are. Which I agree with. <laughs> Quotable. Yeah. Uh, so then the next scene, Ramona's tennis instructor comes. Apparently he's hot. He doesn't particularly do anything for me. Uh, Dorinda, I agree, said that Ramona hires people the 80s way, which is to find people that are really good looking and possibly dateable.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and 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 then just terrible at tennis. I mean. Do you play? The house, uh, I mean, I mean, when I was a kid, but just like. It's it's funny to not only debase yourself by being like I'm hiring the hot tennis instructor just to flirt with, but then to be, you know, the, I guess the whole TV show is embarrassing, but then to specifically just show yourself flailing on the tennis court. What I really noticed about that court is like how shittily maintained it is. It's like there's just weeds and shit growing up all through it. Like it's hard. Like it has been used in yeah. years. Yeah,
0: and it, they just, just
3: and they just and they just drag the 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 hot the supposedly hot instructor out there to. Embarrass themselves even further. It's that—that's special. <laughs>
0: um, it, it's a bit of a throwback because I think maybe in like the first or second episode of the series in season one, they had Luann and Sonia had like a tennis match off, and excuse me, Ramona. Ramona got really pissed off because Luann's much better than her. So this is ten years in the making, and times right. have not changed at all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Nobody's improved.
0: Yeah, not at all. Um, So in terms of Ramona being horny, Luann is also extremely horny, and she will flirt with anybody who is alive and breathing. Um, So she tries to flirt with Adriano. She speaks Italian. Luann's like a real bad bitch. She used to... Mm -hmm. She had like a talk show in Italy at one point, like in the 80s and early 90s. She's American. I don't know how this happened, but she's a real woman about town. She married a French count. She's known as the Countess. They're not together anymore. It's the whole thing. Um, (laughs) So Luann is too competitive, Dorinda says. And Ramona's, um, I don't know, tactic for playing is just to have her tits out and hope that nobody notices. And that seems to be exactly what happened. There's a lot of tit work happening. I don't mind it. i'm sure you don't um leah and tinsley are talking about sonia last night um saying that sonia didn't marry the banker she married the whole fucking bank which is kind of iconic in the most horrific way and leah thinks it's weird that she doesn't really know sonia but she knows so much about her past life and not really anything about her current life which is fair sonia has a big problem with that
3: yeah i couldn't follow any of this is this is, you know, they get to a certain point of fighting in this where I'm like, I really have lost the thread. And well, I
0: mean, I think that happened to even the most seasoned watcher. Yeah, no clue what's happening. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I got the I got the banker thing. I married the bank, but but I guess she was not the. You know what? I'm confusing them all again. Because so was she was the one trying to claim that she's not a trophy wife? Yes. She's someone okay. that doesn't shave her pussy, if that helps. Okay. I don't know if you... But you can't say, I married the bank and I'm not a trophy wife. That's, I mean... <laughs> right. I don't know. It's blood. Okay. All right.
0: It, it's, we, it's, I, got, it's, I got her
3: deal figured out now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's easy. Um, Sonia's... How do we describe Sonia? We met Sonia and she was, like, f- sort of fresh off of her divorce. It had only been a couple years at that point. She still had the townhouse which is, like, the townhouse... Like, if, if you could imagine that how bad the tennis court was, the townhouse is basically
3: that. It's, like, oh, you yeah. can
0: smell the dog pee coming off of it. There's a lot of, like,
3: old world... Whose, fur- dog, t- is, whose dog is pissing on everything? I didn't see a dog.
0: <sighs> there, there was a dog at some point, but that was actually so... I mean, they, they all piss. I mean, none of these dogs are trained. They're, like, 11 years old, and they just have the rule of the house.
3: How, how often is a drunk housewife pissing somewhere and blaming it on a dog I mean if it's Sonia it's like a 50-50 chance (laughs) okay (laughs) gosh
0: um so back on the tennis court Louieanne, like I said is trying to flirt with Adriano and she's like oh how old are you like um I bet you meet women all the time and he's like yeah it's just like a matter of chance she's like well maybe today and he's like no not today
3: (laughs) yeah that was that was wild (laughs) that was harsh
0: and Lee felt it very deeply and said that this has never happened to her, which I actually believe.
3: <laughs> what do you think that, what's the tennis instructor thinking right then? He's just like, I don't want to be a recurring character on
0: this. I mean, literally, like, I, 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 I mean, I can't even imagine.
3: <sighs> I think, he, yeah, it's just like, he's got the money for being on that episode. And then he's like, I can't do this shit again.
0: Never ever again. I'm not hanging out with these like old harpies. Never happening. Um. So what happens after this? So Leah basically says like they're getting ready for lunch. Ramona's barking at Leah to get the table set as if she's like the hired help. And oh, yeah. turns out that she does have hired help. And so Leah's like trying to be compliant but Ramona's just, like, a dick. She's just an asshole, and she seems to think that, like, all of her friends should be helping her. But, like, I kind of agree with Dorinda saying this later. Like, if I'm going to be in a multi-million dollar mansion, like, fucking hire some people. Like, I'm not helping you clean up. Like, get real. And maybe that makes me sound like a dick, but I feel like if you have that kind of money, then just hire people. Like, I'm not setting tables for
3: you. Yeah, it's about supporting the local economy of the Hamptons. You know, there's people who live there year round who need to do that work for rich people who have no idea how to do it. Also, like, yeah, I I mean, asking these women to clean the dishes, they're not going to do a good job. Like, do you want it done or do, (laughs) do you want it done or done right? Exactly.
0: That's a very excellent point. Um, so, basically, everybody piles on Leah for not sticking up for herself. Leah says that it's fine, she's used to her family talking to her like that, and Sonia tells her that she needs therapy, if that's the case. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Ramona keeps yelling at people, she's, Ramona's... <laughs> maybe like four years out of a marriage at this point, And she's talking about how like she's used to her, her ex-husband grilling for her currently in, in real time they're quarantining together in Boca Raton and there are
3: rumors that they might oh, wow.
0: be getting back together. So that's a very, because,
3: exciting... she, uh, because he's grilling and she remembers how much she missed it.
0: Like, exactly. Yeah. They've, they've been cooking every night and they've been having a great time.
3: And he was, he was, like... she was struggling ahead. on the grill. She was melting down. <laughs>
0: She really was. Um, so, so then they sit down for lunch and Ramona basically bullies Luann into being vulnerable because they all had to do it the day before. And she's like, tell us like a deep story about you and like start to cry. Can you do that right now? So Luann, <laughs> I Luanne... want
3: vacation.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, Luann basically says that her admission was that she really wanted to have a drink the night before Um, she just got off probation in the beginning of the season because, well, it's a long story. Her, she recently had gotten remarried, but they only lasted like less than a year. So on the anniversary of their wedding, which was New Year's, she was in West Palm Beach and got so drunk that she ended up in somebody else's hotel room um and then got arrested and then told the police officers that she was going to kill them so yeah
3: it's <laughs> privilege
0: uh, truly truly um four of the housewives at this point have mugshots. three of them are from palm beach county so that's what we're working <laughs> with here <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she basically says, you know, everybody's really proud of her for being so open because usually Luann is like, she's a cabaret star now. And by that, I mean, she, she, people go to see her wasted because she's on
3: Bravo. It's not like she's a good, I've heard about this. Yeah. This (laughs) is something, this is something I've heard. Oh my, uh, holy shit. Um, no, actually I think my, uh, I think my, sister and mom and uh, my cousin and my aunt all went to see to see one of her shows. Yeah it just sounded like a mess. Wow.
0: Yeah. She's they, a true she they,
3: they were yeah, they were loving it.
0: <laughs> um so yeah she's she's a cabaret star in that respect, but not because she's talented at all. She also told everybody that she was going to be in Chicago and the people for Chicago were like We you never even auditioned. We don't know what you're talking about and this is never going to happen. <laughs> so, um so yeah um Leah is also newly started drinking she's 9 years sober. She says that she didn't stop because she like was an alcoholic. She just didn't like herself when she was drinking. But she started drinking within the past 6 months basically for the show I think. Which is a good yeah. a good thing to do. A good decision to make.
3: She's got a job to do. <laughs>
0: And boy, did she do it. Are we right? <laughs> um, So then Sonia's groomer show up, and Luann again, is immediately horny for one of the guys, Michael. She ends up scamming a massage oh, out of
3: him. That's right. There is a dog there.
0: There was a dog. That's Sonia's dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she scams a shoulder massage out of this guy, Michael. Again, this is, like, these dudes really look like extras from some sort of, like, backdraft or... Something like that. They're really not that guy.
3: Day. That guy went to the massage immediately. That seems like something he does a lot.
0: He, he was very into yeah. it. He was very touchy feely. I didn't check the beach chair that she was on, but I'm sure there would have been a wet spot if we had looked. Um, yeah. They were just having a great time, and I love that for her.
3: I, I mean, yeah, I'm like, does the groomer business have two guys specifically? So like, there's one guy who does the actual work, and then the other guy just gives massages to housewives i don't know they they had they had a whole system i'm sure of it yeah
0: i mean i've never heard of like two groomers having to be there i mean it's literally just the work for one especially when the dog is like eight pounds yeah i don't i don't really know but he he did the job and he did the job well um so the ladies are getting ready for their dinner which tinsley says is going to be civilized which seems like foreshadowing yeah (laughs) um leah says she's happy that tonight's going to be a girl's bonding day so she doesn't have to worry about any weirdo white dudes showing up so naturally a weirdo white dude walks right through the door and his name is jeff and he's a total
3: creep i i wanted the episode to follow the rest of jeff's night after he was picked up (laughs) i mean what do you predict jeff did i didn't get a good enough sense of jeff so he's uh who's friends like who brought him oh,
0: no. ramona who's the oh, hostess okay.
3: whose house it is she
0: she invited him
3: he's definitely uh yeah he's got that like thir- three time divorce uh on the prowl energy and with like yeah just a house where he's gonna be the only guy he's like how can i how can i pass it up was he wearing I, jeans because i feel like he was yeah, he had like a he had like a bad Hamptons casual look on. That was um, yeah. It was like when it was like when rich people try to keep it casual, but then they look like a, like a weird Steve Jobs knockoff. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that that guy's deal was weird. He's like yeah. He he definitely has like um like some unethical business that he runs through Albania. I don't know. That's that how I got it. That's what I got from him.
0: <laughs> yeah, his outfit was giving me... I watched half a season of Queer Eye, and now I cuff my, my button downs.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I feel like he had interesting hair. Like, he was like a David Lynch character on the hair side. <laughs> I don't he know. was like
0: maybe 5'5". Five, five. I, you know, Jeff. Jeff had a lot of things going. I think you're right. He definitely like inappropriately touched somebody later that night, <laughs> and drove home drunk. I, I would put that on <laughs> anybody. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Ran um, someone over Tesla.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, started speaking in like fake Chinese to just anybody who looks vaguely Asian and like laughs too loud. That sort yeah. of energy. Um, So then Let's see, Elise shows up um, These women Are already like maybe one sheet To the wind, dinner hasn't even Started, they're like asking Him to leave Um, Sonia procured a vibrator out of Nowhere and they're completely shit Faced Um, She wrestled Tinsley to the ground And is like trying to put the vibrator Inside of her vagina
3: It's 8.45 at night That's just, so we just that this was the part of it where I was like, wow, this is. I mean, my most of my reality experience is like with Vanderpump rules, right? But I was like, wow, I'm actually watching sexual assaults on this show. <laughs> um, that's a lot, yeah. And as you say, it's not nine, not even nine. <laughs> I mean, this is why this this is like the best
0: franchise in the world, like, how
3: and. <laughs> my favorite, I mean, my favorite part of the whole vibrator arc, because there is a vibrator narrative through yeah. this episode, is just imagining the production choices that went into, like, the second before she goes on camera, just some random production assistant hands her the vibrator and is like, here, just, just have fun with it. <laughs> and then later, it's like, of course, deposited on the plate of chicken or whatever, By after they're all passed out, drunk, someone just goes ahead and, like, puts that on the plate for for a dramatic effect
0: later. <laughs> I mean, knowing Sonia, it was probably in her vagina this whole time and she just pulled it out. Like, there's really no nothing happening here. Um, so, if half of the girls are, like, sloppy party drunk, Dorinda's, like, that kind of, like, emotional, I-want-to-have-deep-conversations drunk. And so she brings up to Ramona that she was upset with her because the night before... Ramona said to somebody at a restaurant that she and her long-term boyfriend, John, were going to be broken up within two years. Do you want to guess if they're still together?
3: I think they're still going strong.
0: Uh,
3: wrong. They broke up four uh, months <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um
0: So this is a mark of any great episode show on Bravo is that they put the time at the bottom of the screen. So it's now 915 Uh, I mean, things, Leah and Tinsley are outside, they're stripping, like I said, dinner hasn't even begun yet, nobody's eaten a thing, um, they're skinny dipping, Leah says to Tinsley, this is a fuck you to Dale, who is Tinsley's mother, um, this is a fuck you to High Society, this is a fuck you to Park Avenue, um, Leah acts like she is from the streets, but, spoiler alert, Leah grew up in Chelsea, and then moved to Connecticut at some point. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> um, so then Leah gets upset about the tiki torches, which is a very topical thing. Oh, I loved
3: this. I loved this part. <laughs> this is probably my favorite.
0: But were you surprised given what you found out about Leah prior to the, the episode?
3: What? What her defense uh... is
0: Jordan Peterson that article that you sent me about her
3: fighting with her boyfriend? Oh, oh, that was her. That was her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She wait. So she. I thought it was that she has written for the the Federalist. Yeah, she did. Yeah, and she
0: she also did a series on YouTube called hashtag Me Neither, which has been scrubbed from the internet. But I think we can just imagine what that was like.
3: (laughs) And so wait. So the the this. This woman who wrote for the Federalist is the one who was mad about the tiki torches. Yeah, <laughs> that is confusing.
0: It's extremely confusing, right? Like, where? What's it's happening? Like,
3: here? like, what level of white supremacy is she on? I don't get it. It's like, she <laughs>
0: <laughs> real give and take here.
3: I <laughs> mean, it was it, it was it was it was great that she was like, I don't like what these represent. First of all, just like no no appreciation for context whatsoever. It's like, if they're just tiki torches by the pool, they're not racist. But, right. But she's she's acting like there's a Unite the Right rally around the pool in effect right then. She I mean, they're mad. Might have... <laughs> <laughs> and then the other whoever else is in the pool is like, I don't get it. They're just
0: <laughs> yeah. Tinsley's like, this is just a fun party thing. Like, what's happening? She has no idea. I mean, I could not I... imagine
3: that Tinsley ever reads the news. Yeah, I love that she was like, you need to read the news. <laughs> but she's well, she should have said, you need to read the Federalist.
0: Exactly Um, So they're both Mostly naked Leah's completely nude at this point And just throwing torches around Tinsley's got her bra on Which she's wont to do But it surprisingly quickly comes off Because like Dorinda said later Tinsley doesn't even go to the pool Without like a beach cover up on Even though she has a beautiful body And she weighs like 98 pounds Um, She's very uptight Her mom is like They're like Virginia money They're like rich but like southern rich boarding school the whole thing um so back inside the house dorinda's still talking about her now ex-boyfriend john and says that he might be rough around the edges but he's like family to her um and ramona's like well how would you feel if he was out there getting people's numbers because he is and uh dorinda's ripping her vape at this point And that continues for the rest of the night, which I was loving. And she calls Ramona an asshole. And Ramona says that Dorinda's really changed in the seven years that she's dated John. Like, that wouldn't happen. Um, And that she knows deep down that, like, Dorinda actually really doesn't love John. And that he's not really for her. Dorinda's, like, she was married and divorced. And then her second husband passed away. But they all had like money. She's like lived in London. Um, she when her second husband died, got like his business and like sold it for a fuck ton of money. So John owns a dry cleaner and he lives in Queens and he's just he gets in fight with fights with people. He's coked up a lot. I personally have seen him smoking a joint on the corner of like Park Avenue and like uh outside of that the is... Regency
3: he sounds like he's got some uh, uncut gems energy, owns a dry <laughs> cleaner and, and it's just comes out of his mind.
0: Exactly. That That is, exactly. I mean, I, you can oh, write okay. it better yourself. <laughs> um, well. They used to, when she first came on the franchise, which she didn't until, like, I think season seven. So she's, like, fairly new. They see yell at each other and get in fights, and get in fights with other people. Like they were clearly both really coked up until she like wouldn't allow him to be on the show anymore. So I think now it's like starting to crumble. Her house is like in a state of disrepair in the Berkshires, and she's feeling like very overwhelmed by like her life and the fact that John is poor and really can't help her financially, even though she's got millions and millions of dollars in the bank. Um John recently was somebody said they saw him on a date downtown and he was telling his date on the first date that Dorinda used to fund his lifestyle and that he doesn't have any money left. Just real real good date banner, I would say.
3: Yeah, that's he's locking in the second date right there.
0: <laughs> right there. Um so sonia who is maybe like the sloppiest of them all she's kind of creeping around this conversation with dorinda but she leaves because she realizes that this is no fun at all she sees (laughs) tinsley and leah outside naked and immediately takes her clothes off which is no surprise to anybody like there are times where like i've seen sonia naked more than i have my own self like her vagina's out half the time. she's like a she's a real treat. I'm saying all these things like I don't like it, but I actually really love it. I think she's a, a peach. Yeah. she's an incredible person.
3: <laughs> shes like annoyed that other people got naked before her. yeah.
0: <laughs> um, she says she's seeing Dungle but feeling single. and Leah's naked and screaming, and she's continuing to throw these torches like she's in the Olympics uh sonia's rambling and uh she's saying i'm not coming alone i'm bringing my medicine so she brings a bottle of vuv into the pool with her and oh, you should
3: never buy the just psa you should never bring glass into the pool that's just you know that's just <laughs> 101
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: like i mean if it, if it breaks you gotta drain the whole pool you got broken glass with the bottom of the pool it's, gonna, it's a huge problem anyway don't do it don't do it that,
0: that's a great advice that would have been come in handy at that time but yeah you know
3: if only i'd if only i'd been there
0: <laughs> um so back inside dorinda tells ramona to stop talking shit about john because john and ramona have a great relationship um we get a flashback of them getting into a not like basically like knockdown dragout drag out fight a couple years ago um which is great uh, uh Basically, yeah, she just doesn't understand him. Sonia gets Tinsley to take her bra off, something that, like, Tinsley's, like, she probably wears a bra 24 hours, except for when she's in the shower. Like, she wears it to sleep. She's just really buttoned up.
3: That's so upsetting. (laughs)
0: Uh, Luann walks outside and realizes what's going on and is like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm sober. Like, I can't party with you guys. She takes her denim job suit and goes back into the house. (laughs) um it's now only 30 minutes later (laughs) um the girls are back in the pool leah's wearing some sort of like open top SM salmon colored titty shirt i don't know dorinda's totally offended (laughs) and she grabs a cheetah print bustier like that's you know classing it up here she's dorinda's slurring she's drunk she's like i'm gonna make you a star they go into the bathroom so she can put the boussier on leah and dorinda thinks that leah has vagina wings
3: did you have any feelings? oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> this was a great scene too in terms of like there was no way to shoot it without showing the cameraman in the mirror yeah like in that bathroom <laughs> <laughs> which i love anytime you get a glimpse into the like sheer awkwardness of trying to film around these chaotic people is such a delight yeah the wings uh i i don't know yeah i mean you kind of saw it right like uh it was that that was the way the pubes were shaped Was <laughs> <laughs> how it looked to me i don't, know, uh, if I don't was know like
0: a labia situation or or what was happening but
3: oh to me to me it looked like the the pubes were just like two little <laughs> dashes uh-huh. Okay. In a a wing
0: formation. Okay, okay. Maybe I missed that. Um, Ramona actually leaves her house to go to this party because she has to find a man. This 60-something-year-old woman just has to find a date for the night. Um, And Elise tells Sonia that Ramona has to go to this party because she needs every opportunity she can to find a date, which is the saddest thing. And I don't think she meant it that way, but it's the most pathetic thing I've ever
3: heard. where's the dinner and all the? <laughs>
0: that's what i'm wondering i we never see people eat until like
3: until they're so. hammered until they're like really black out and then they're just kind of like idly eating over the steak you know yeah. like with their hands that's what it seems like but it's Maybe. like where did all the food come from yeah Yeah. i don't know <laughs>
0: nary a plate is taken out nobody's sitting down
3: i mean they're literally eating like the muppet Babies. It's just that thing when you're when you're just so drunk and you're like, Oh, I'll just and I'm just eating like plain spaghetti out of the pot. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the kind of eating it looks like
0: But I feel like they kinda did it right. It's like you get wasted and then you come inside and then there's all these carbs on the table that you can oh, just go, yeah. hang on. It it's yeah. a really smart decision. Um, Sonia's pissed about Elise saying that she was a trophy wife again, so she brings it up, and she says the term accessory is an explicative, which is not a word, and yeah. Leah tells Sonia that the yacht has sailed, and to l- drop the Morgan name, and to let it go. 1985 is gone, fuck J.P. Morgan, which I agree.
3: <laughs> uh, I bank with J.P. Morgan, and... I will say fuck JP Morgan.
0: <laughs> Sonia says, if you give me another Morgan to fuck, I'll fuck him. So that
3: was great. Um... <laughs> well, I, can we appreciate the yacht has sailed? That's pretty good.
0: It, it is great. She she used to have a yacht. I mean, it was a truly great line. Yeah. Um, Sonia asked when this party became Occupy Hamptons, which is
3: just yeah, a great. What does, she mean? what does she mean by that?
0: I think she just means like I don't know like Lee keeps talking about how you should like leave the money behind I, I really
3: don't know it was a great That's, question. It was, it was just such a funny under it's like what did they think Occupy Wall Street was that they're calling this Occupy have to like they're just envisioning like a bunch of really drunk people hanging out in Zuccotti Park like I don't get it
0: <laughs> Um Sonia. Yeah. Dorina tells Sonia that she's also not a Morgan. Sonia has found a box. She keeps beating her herself on the head with it and says, I'm in the blue book. If you could see JP Morgan's grandson, I'm also in there because we got married. Um, and everybody's screaming at this point. Everybody's yelling. Yeah. Everybody's screaming. Um, Leah says, don't get all socialite on me, to which Sonia replies, don't get all socialist on me. Which I think, like, for as drunk as Sonia was, I thought that was yeah. a really thing to say. <laughs> Sonia's a real treat. Um, Sonia then goes to pee with the door open and is screaming at Leah for not knowing her roots and talking about how, like, Tinsley made a whole brand off of being a Mortimer. So it's fine. Like, she just needs to let it go. Um, I did not notice that Sonia wiped at any point. Um... But she does manage yeah. to pin Leah to the wall and like they kind of start making out. It seems think <laughs> <laughs> oh, that
3: happened. <laughs> wow. I it, it was so chaotic. I just figured that was more I was I, I I must have thought that was like up close screaming as opposed to making out.
0: I mean it was. It was both at the same time. There was a little make out and there was more screaming. <laughs> um Elise tells everybody that if the group did group therapy, that their therapist would kill himself. Yeah. well, Um, she, yeah. And that's why she's not on the show. There's not a lot of levity with that one. Um, so now we're in the next day. It's like a complete shit show. Yeah. Everything is a mess. The vibrators in the chicken, um, Ramona walks in. She's like, I'm going to fucking kill you people because how you destroyed my house. Um you know, somebody's glasses are hanging on a glass of wine, like there's just shit everywhere. Um, they really like housed all that food. Like all of the food was gone. There were like huge serving trays. Yeah. It was like twenty enough food for twenty people and they ate all of it. So props This is again
3: them. where this is again where I picture the production people because after all the women are past that trunk at eleven thirty PM, then they all just get to eat the leftovers. And that's probably that- what happened.
0: I, I would imagine so. Um, so Ramona goes to the backyard. She's even more pissed because she sees the tiki torches. <clears throat>
1: oh. uh,
0: <laughs> she Her immediate guess was that Sonia and Gerinda did it because they're regularly the ones who get sloppy drunk more consistently than everybody. So she stomps upstairs and... Well, Leah's also there. So Ramona's complaining about how the torches have been strewn about the lawn. Leah's not saying a damn thing, knowing she's the one that did all of this. And (laughs) Ramona goes upstairs, tries to yell at Sonia and Dorinda, who are hiding under the covers, in their, like, (laughs) crazy face masks that they've taped to their necks and mouths and faces.
3: I wanted to try those.
0: They look like they did a lot of heavy duty. A lot of work was (laughs) happening there. Um they basically tell Ramona that they're not the ones who threw the torches that Leah did it so they completely snitch on her ramona goes back downstairs but leah has now cleaned the whole kitchen so she feels like she, ramona can't yell at her anymore which is true and uh, it was a
3: great yeah music. that's um that's that's a sneaky move that i admire and it's the kind of thing i would do to get out of trouble so <laughs> i have instant instant loyalty there yeah yeah
0: um so uh what happens after that so ramona says that she got a great date out of the night before uh dorinda goes downstairs and it's like listen it's really rude that you would expect your house guests to clean everything and clean your whole house for you and if you wanted some help maybe you should have stayed and not gone out the night before and had everybody help with you Um, so Dorinda keeps getting pissed and uh, Ramona's like well go outside and look at how bad it is and Dorinda's like okay yeah it does look like a frat party was had last night and uh, so they all help clean up downstairs Uh, Leah had no idea she was so wasted she didn't even know that Ramona had left the night before (laughs) um (laughs) Uh, and then Dorinda brings up a great point, which is that when they were at her home in the Berkshires a few years ago, they had, like, they put, like, production lights in the bedrooms to help, like, you know, filming. Ramona ripped them down and, like, ruined the paint and, like, the structure of the walls <laughs> in her buildings. And she's oh, like, yeah. you have no right to complain about, like, us leaving food uh-huh. out the night before when I had to, like, it was, like, thousands of dollars of damage that she did to this, like, estate. It was Yeah, yeah.
3: That, that makes the the vibrator and the chicken is quaint by comparison. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um so then yeah, I mean basically that was it. Leah says that it was like she was thinking that she was on Game of Thrones and that's why she threw the torches. Um then dorinda's like, well where is Tinsley and all of this? And we find out that she's passed out in bed with an entire plate of spaghetti.
3: Yeah. Uh what a great shot. <laughs> again, again, something I think someone just put that plate there while she was passed out. But, you know, it look, it, I you don't want to get in the way of a good story. It's, it's just great.
0: Yeah, sometimes you have to let that stuff go. For the sake of <laughs> art. For the sake of high art. <laughs> um, did you have any lingering thoughts from the episode? What, what did you think of it as a person just going into this blind?
3: I, I mean, I knew that, you know, from reality... I, Shows I've watched, so like I know it's heavy drinking, but I was like, they're way drunker than I think the average reality show ensemble. I mean, crazy, like, holy it's, shit!
0: It's impressive for women of their age. <laughs> it, it is wild that they drink so heavily. Like, I could not do that. Like, this that would be like a once a year situation for me. And then I would be down for like three days. So like, I can't imagine being in my like 50s and 60s partying that hard and being like so awake and refreshed as they were the day
3: after. I mean, I love too that it's, you know, the whole the whole concept of the Hamptons is like, yeah, you're going to get wasted, but you're, you're supposed to be kind of just like drinking rosé all day and then going to bed at 8 p.m. as opposed to just like, this this like abortive dinner party where you're just pounding booze into your face until you're ready to like destroy the whole house wow <laughs> yeah I mean playing like champagne pong is a choice oh my god oh my god I forgot that Jesus. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that,
3: that, um, I, that physically hurt I mean the idea of chugging champagne physically hurt me okay I mean, they we're
0: doing <laughs> it with no problem it is wild it's truly wild do you see yourself watching the show again?
3: Um, wow, I think I think I I don't think I could stick with it as a series. But if you told me there was just like some off, totally off the chain episode of that caliber, I'd be interested. Uh, there I, absolutely is. <laughs> you know, you know, my one surprise I had with it was I was I was having some trouble telling everyone apart just because they're all blonde. So yeah, and I'm, I'm like. I'm like I am like I. uh I would need I guess I would need a lot more background to be able to really tell characters apart. <laughs> because yeah, I'm they, not...
0: they didn't really put names up on in this episode, which they do a lot more. I was surprised that we didn't really see their names on like the Chirons. Um, but I will point you in the direction of an episode where they go to the Berkshires and it's pretty much like this. Everybody loses their fucking minds. They're not as drunk, but it's equally psychotic.
3: <laughs> the and fact that that couldn't really differentiate them, though, really added to the, uh, I don't know, like clusterfuck element of it where, uh, it was just like you had put all, all these people in like a super collider and just shaking it up a lot. <laughs> And you couldn't tell who was who and that was like that made all the fights that much funnier. I I guess I guess something really enjoyable about that fight is like, there's a meta fight happening on top of the little fights, which is like, they're arguing about which fight gets to take precedence over whatever other grudge is going on at that moment. And that's why it gets so confusing. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and that's kind of why they're better than, like, any other Housewives franchise because, like, in Beverly Hills, they'll take a fight from,
3: like, two years
0: ago of, like, <sighs> okay, one girl gave another girl a pair of panties, like, a thong because she, like, could see her vagina one time, and that ha- that fight happened for two years. That was the crux of the whole series for two years. I mean, it, it, but these women are like so great because you're right. There are like seven fights happening all at the same time and they kind of quickly get over them. And so we don't have to like deal with the slog. It's just like, like you're right. Like a total clusterfuck.
3: Oh, I, there was such a funny moment again, this was just in the midst of the confusion, but it's like these two of them were having like just a huge fight. And then they just immediately turned the corner and we're like, all right, we're, we're best friends again. Do you, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. What was it's, that?
0: That's, that's how they operate it's amazing it's truly amazing um yeah what what a what a real treat i'm so glad that i made you watch this instead of vanderpump rules which has been failing at every corner this oh, season I'm
3: sorry to hear it i'm sorry
0: <laughs> me too i've i've got a lot of emotional investment into vanderpump so this is like a real disappointment for me
3: yeah i mean well Here in West Hollywood, we're we're very worried for Lisa because they canceled Pride, of course. And uh, I don't know. If she can't be the queen of pride, then...
0: What does she uh, have?
3: Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) Burn it to the ground. Well, I really appreciate having you come talk to me.
3: Can you tell people where to find you? Uh, Yeah, you can find me at Mel Magazine, M-E-L. Uh, and my name is Miles Klee. Um, I write too much there. And then you can read my bad tweets at just at Miles Klee, Klee with a K. Um, and yeah, it it gets horny on there, but you know, <laughs> just just go with it. It's fun. You know, I'm harmless.
0: Yeah. You had a a great article about the fat baby, the gigantic baby that everybody's
3: yeah disgusted
0: yeah. by, myself included. Um <laughs> you really brought me down a peg by saying that you <laughs> represents everything that's good in the world, and I didn't appreciate it, <laughs> but i like just as- <laughs> uh,
3: Some people got mad mad about that piece, actually.
0: Did they really?
3: That's so uh, Well, they they were like, you know, I I think it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek post, but people were like, stop taking this so seriously, and I'm like, you you seem like you're taking it pretty seriously. Okay. <laughs>
0: I love that. Well, let's say goodbye. I'm going to take you off recording, but I did have one more thing to say to you after this. So don't hang up.